The Tough Love and Second Chances podcast is written and produced by Tony Bennett on behalf of Edgar and reveals remarkable stories of those who refuse to be defined by their disability. The power of the human spirit shines through with examples of how hope, courage, and the opportunity to express oneself through the game of golf makes for a combination that can improve and even save lives. My conversation with former Royal Artillery gunner Mike Brown took place just a week or so before the first of three events that would propel him into the golfing world's consciousness. Mike has torn up the generally accepted notion that it takes time to become a professional golfer. Mike achieved that milestone in a little over two years. Oh, and incidentally, he made the grade, even though he uses a prosthetic leg to replace the one he lost when complications set in after breaking his own. In this conversation, Mike took me on a journey, starting as a teenager who was competitive in motocross, through the accident and 22 limb salvage operations, the dark days that he had in recovery, how he found golf and the people who have helped him, all the way through to today, where he is one of the leading players on the Golfers with Disability world stage. Please enjoy the story of Mike Brown. 22 limb salvage operations. Two years in an Ilazara frame with 52 wires running through his leg. Daily one millimetre adjustments to stretch his shin bone. In hindsight, luckily it didn't work, says former Royal Artillery gunner Mike, who is quick to say that his injury was not actually a result of war. I was training in a place called Longmore in the UK. All I did basically was break my leg. I was on a training exercise and my leg collapsed. If you could imagine a bamboo stick when you crush it from the bottom up, well, it was like that with my leg when I landed. I just thought that was it, you know. I'll be back in six weeks, not a drama, back in the job. That wasn't the case. Mike got an infection from either the hospital or from the metalwork in his leg. The virulent infection consumed all the muscles around his knee. They actually took the knee joint out and tried to fuse my tibia plateau to my femur, so they had to break my shin bone and stretch it about seven centimetres. Life had changed for the man of action. Football and motocross had been part of Mike's teenage years, competing at both the British and European levels, and with a job that demanded physical prowess. The time that he was sidelined with what he thought was a simple injury was hard to take. Seven days in May 2013 would prove to be pivotal in Mike's life. I sat down with my surgeon on the 1st of May and said that I was having trouble like I was. Because I had a straight leg, I couldn't drive a car, couldn't go on a plane, couldn't walk up and down steps and all those little things add up. I basically made the decision there and then. It was an easy decision. Right, let's get rid of it. And then on the 7th of May, my leg was amputated. I woke up and that was the first time I had no pain. It was amazing. The physical pain had been alleviated, at least to some degree. But even though there was still much more for Mike to deal with, he was sure that his decision was the right one. It was probably the biggest decision, but the easiest decision I've ever made. One day after my operation, I sort of knew that something was wrong. But being a military man, you just put it away and think, ah, oh, I'll just get over it. But he didn't get over it, not initially at least. The two years of constant pain, which Mike describes as a living hell, 
just built up to the point where he sat down on his bed and cried. I'd lost all of my social skills. I'd lost my job. In essence, I'd lost my life, really. And so, basically, I sat down and I just cried for no reason for three days, non-stop. Sometimes one has to hit rock bottom, and that is how Mike saw those dark days. I thought I needed to get some help, and that's where my journey sort of began. Luckily, I was still involved with the Headley Court Rehabilitation Centre, and my girlfriend at the time phoned them to explain what was going on. They just took me straight to Tedworth House and sat me down with a psychiatrist so we could just talk it through. The mental health team and I worked through it. I did three or four sessions and started to get back on the road to recovery, and you know, I started seeing things in a different light, realising that things weren't that bad. I was actually quite lucky to be where I was. The team at Headley Court helped to physically repair Mike, and then the Tedworth House team helped Mike get perspective in his life. Mike is grateful for the people around him, the friends and the family, that it is all too easy to take for granted. He realises that one of the key steps that he had to take was accepting what had happened to him. You have to stop feeling sorry for yourself. There's a million people out there worse off than you. It's a big hurdle to get over just to feel accepted, and that's when you can start to fully rehab. The support of family, friends and colleagues is invaluable. I don't think people realise how much you need them when you're going through a hard time. Just as his new life began, he found golf. Golf gave me everything that I was missing and gave me a new family, a purpose. It gave me all my social skills back. It gave me confidence and it just saved my life, really. Mike had found golf through the Encourse Foundation by seeing a poster at Tedworth House. Let's take a reflection point at this moment. What if he hadn't seen that poster? What if he had been in a dark place and had seen the poster, but it hadn't really registered? Well, who knows? But Mike grabbed the opportunity to try golf with both hands. I didn't know what was going on in my life. I was at a pretty low point, to be honest. And then I saw this poster. I thought, I'll give it a go. Why not? On that first day of sampling golf, Mike missed shot after shot. Then came the moment... The one that most golfers experience at least a few times in their career. The effortless swing, perfectly timed. That transfers all of one's available power to the ball, sending it soaring straight down the fairway. The poised and balanced completion of the swing and a picture-perfect pose that would grace the front cover of any leading golf magazine. Or at least, that's how it feels. Mike recalls that he had missed 20 or so shots and then... I hit one. And I can still remember that shot. It only went about 40 yards, but there's a feeling, you know, when you hit a golf ball. And that was the feeling for me. That was me hooked in that very moment. And I thought, you know, I can use this as rehab. Mike has nothing but praise for the Encourse Foundation and for their professionals, Di Llewellyn and Alistair Barr. They've taught me from basic basic to where I am now. They give you the positives about your swing. They have also taught me everything that I need to know about being a professional golfer as well. Mike's progress to the professional game has been meteoric by any standard. Starting to play golf in July 2014 and turning professional in September 2016 is not normal, as often it takes years for a player to reach the standard necessary to play professionally. Mike has always strived to be the best that he can be. It's in his DNA. His competitive nature, formed in motocross as a youngster, honed in the military and expressed in golf. 
I just want to be the best I can. And you know, if someone is better than me, then fair dues. His injury and subsequent recovery further sharpened these instincts, although his athlete's mentality is expressed in the heat of tournament play. In fact, he is most fiercely competitive with himself. I think when I got injured, it made me want it more because I wanted to prove to myself and everyone else in the world that no matter what happens to you, you can make something of it. A lot of people think their life is over when they get injured. But you know, I remember saying that that life is over, but I've got a new one now. So let's make the most of it. Becoming a professional was simply another step in the game that has consumed him from those first few faltering swings. Golf has changed Mike's life and occupies most of his waking moments and more, as he frequently wakes up thinking about how he can improve his game. Golf gave me confidence, and it just saved my life, really. Maybe not physically, but definitely mentally. I don't know where I'd be without golf. It gave me a new life back, possibly a better one. It's made me a better person as well. It's calmed me down and given me an appreciation for things. Mike is making the most of his new life. He has powered his way to the top end of the gross ranking and has earned his position in several high-profile events. Mike can now add the Edgar Scottish Open, played alongside the Aberdeen Scottish Open, the Edgar Finale, played together with the DP World Tour Championship, and the Triple AC, played in conjunction with the Emirates Australian Open, to his list of life experiences. These events are high profile and offer Mike the opportunity to test his skills against other golfers with a disability over a tour prepared course, which is not for the faint hearted. Mike is just as happy though when contributing to the coaching that is often done alongside these events or with promotional activities with the On Course Foundation. When asked what advice he would have for someone who found themselves in a similar position to that which he found himself, Mike answers without hesitation. I can actually do stuff for them now rather than them doing stuff for me, which is such a great feeling. So I can help others. So yeah, it's brilliant. It does get better. At the time, it's not a nice feeling to have, but it does get better. There are people out there that can help you. I wasn't told that it's going to be okay, but that I was still going to have a great life. So you must know your life is never over. It's just changed, you know. So make the most of it. Make what you can of it, and it's going to be okay. This was an Edgar Player story, supported by Ping, helping golfers to play their best. For more information about Edgar, please visit edgargolf.com. Stay tuned for the next Tough Love and Second Chances podcast. Ping. Play your best.